This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was Christian Rock, and our guest was Jen Tullock. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 53. 53, Bill. We're in our 50s. Yeah. I think this is an angle, me on this side of the couch, you on that chair, that this feels almost revolutionary. This feels new for us. Yeah. If you've never seen pictures of the HeadGum Studio, listeners at home, uh, we sit in a square room that is dominated by microphone arms. Yeah, there's microphone arms everywhere that are movable, they are flexible. That sound you hear is me moving it a little behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, But getting you sort of a from a straight-on profile, you're still handsome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Uh, last week, we talked about Santa Claus, Adam. Yeah, we debated whether or not he was real, yes. could be real. Yes. We uh, couldn't come up with an answer, but one thing we decided upon was that his wife, Debbie Claus, Deborah, is definitely real. Definitely real. We don't know if Santa's real, but Debbie exists in the flesh for certain. Shout out, Debbie. Got to the bottom of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a guest in a few weeks, Adam. I-, I was thinking it's literally been since we talked to Ahmed Barucha before Halloween. We talked to him about clowns. Correct. In the middle of the killer cl- clown craze. Yes. Um, but we are very, very, very lucky to have an incredibly talented, super phenomenal guest with us today, a, a singer, a writer, an actress, mm-hmm. a, a true weirdo. Oh, the big a, four. A true eccentric weird weird human. We can all claim to be the first three, but it takes a certain level of talent to become a true weirdo. True authentic weirdo. Uh, was nice enough to include my girlfriend Maggie and myself in her web series Disengage, which is on Super Deluxe. Uh, it's Jen Tullick. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speechless. How do you feel, how do you feel hearing uh, true weirdo? You take that in the right way you, or? Here's the thing. Uh, there's a whole, I've got a whole log line. Right. Um, you hit 95% of it. <laughs> really? Pre-diabetic. Oh. <laughs> I forgot to mention. You're not, you're not diabetic yet. Pre. And vaguely asexual. Did not vet on the business I didn't card. mention okay. any of that. I didn't mention either of those two. I'm sorry. Yeah. Vaguely asexual, on... pre-diabetic, gentolic. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> fix it in post. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. I'm thrilled to be with you, gentlemen. Yes. We're thrilled to have you. Jen. The one thing I didn't mention, uh, again, not to embarrass you, Jen, but is that you are an award-winning book on tapist as well. So I, yeah, you're I t- comfortable I t- behind I'm a microphone. tapist. A yeah. tapist. <laughs> have you been doing books on tape for a while? Uh, well, yeah, guys. Interesting to get into that. Uh, the name <laughs> – so again, my name is Nancy and <laughs> – I have been doing audiobooks, yes. How does one get into the books on tape game? I feel like everybody in the voiceover world wants to get into that game. I didn't mean how to put d- you on blast, Jen. I'm just proud of you. That's all. Don't be, you don't need to be Dad, coy about it. You, you like... know how long I've waited for this moment? <laughs> yeah. This is a brag, this is a brag moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I've done is I've divided my career into two camps things that would make people I want to sleep with proud and mm-hmm. things that would make my parents proud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Audiobook, I think, falls into both. <laughs> if we're calling a cigar a cigar. No, all boxes. Doing audiobooks is like that that geeky but cool thing that like speaks to my the the nerdiest like yep. most wannabe yeah erudite little person um and it's cool because you get to do all the characters of course that's true yeah. you have yeah. to change your you know truth be told no disrespect i've never listened to a, a book on tape ever in your wow. whole life so i wow so yeah in my uneducated mind i would just think that it's one person just reading the text you know like pretty uh non-animated flatlined and just sort of like by rote well, this is the way. text right but you, you, you have to add flair 
You have to add, you, you're playing oh. all the characters? It's a one-woman show? Listen, boys. Oh, God. <laughs> Buckle up, okay? Because I'm is. about to blow it open. <laughs> blow it. Um, so I don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I pride myself on my humility. I, the inherent irony there, of course, is completely lost <laughs> on me. <laughs> but uh, I did. <laughs> this is the coolest thing that's happened in the audiobook world for me. Okay. okay. So you do. I've done a handful of novels and most of them are multi-character novels and they mm -hmm. usually get, it's mostly like improv kids that right. do this. It's mostly people that are good at dialects and like yep. are just lonely enough um, <laughs> to perfect this sort of shit. Exactly. So uh, I did, yeah, I did a couple and I, in one I played like 37 different characters Jeez. and it was like a Jamaican nanny having a fight with an Australian surfer. Oh. A sex, a sex scene what between an old Jewish couple. What is the book so I can download that on my Kindle? <laughs> you guys are bad. <laughs> I'll text you. Okay. Um, it's called The Road by but I got, uh, Cormac yes, McCarthy. Yes, by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I got a call from my dad one day, and he's like, hey, GM, yeah, just checking in. Um, So you beat Meryl Streep. Whoa. And I was like, what? And what are you talking about? What a great decontextualized yeah. sentence yeah. to receive. <clears throat> yeah. You've beat Meryl, Meryl Streep. Streep. But also, what a horrific letdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> letdown? For the Publishers Weekly audiobook performance. Hey! Here. I was like, Abel, how do you know that? Yeah, really. Abel didn't know I was in the running for that. And um, C of all, I'll be single That's, forever now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love my girlfriend very much. Beautiful woman. But I did. Yeah, I, I beat her. Yeah. Very, very cool. Her. A of all, how did he know about that? Um, did he have like a Meryl Streep Google? Okay, got it. Yeah. And my dad is the, the greatest pothead that never smoked pot. Oh, really? It's, how so? Um, the attention span of a locust. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> They have short attention spans? <laughs> I hope so. Okay. <laughs> because that's what I'm trying to imply. That was yeah, the yeah. metaphor Google, I was... Google it, Adam. Uh -huh. um, and uh, he's a, he loves eating snacks and watching television for hours on end. Yes. And not to force feed in a segue, but was he, has he, was he, is he currently in a band? Is that correct? Oh my God. How do we get here? Uh, yeah. So my dad and my mom, when I was growing up, were in the worship band of a mega church called Southeast Christian Church. Shout out SECC. You guys Shout are a bunch out. of crooks. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are. Yeah. They are. I'm 33 years old. So I don't have time really to two men's words. I'm not offended. <laughs> yeah. Money laundering, taking advantage of the disabled. Ah, keep, we'll get into it later. SECC? Yeah. SECC. Shout out. Okay. Southeast Which stands Christian for what? Church. Again? Southeast Christian Church. Okay. And where is, where is that located? Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, your hometown. Which is from where I hail. Yes. Okay. And just so we can press pause really quick. Today, the topic that we are going to be talking about is Christian rock. Right. Because we have this uh, incredibly talented uh, guest who has first-hand experience, singer. Christian rock singer, uh, which is something that Billy and I are obviously fascinated by and have no first-hand personal experience with. Correct. We know Creed. Correct. So that's almost the alpha and omega. Not a far cry. Can okay? you take me high? Yeah. yeah. So we have obviously so many questions about Christian rock, but I do think that it is great to get the context. So please, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Back to your father. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Um, we, so I grew up in a mega church. It was one of those huge yeah. stadium seating style yep. things with like a jumbotron. I don't know if that's what you call it. The big yeah, project, right? Yep. How many people attend a mega church? 30,000 in this one. Stop. Third, yeah. Three zero? People call it Six Flags Over Jesus. You could see it from the highway. It's like a four huge, <coughs> pardon me, building complex. 30 Gym, thousand. bookstore, restaurant, bookstore. cafe. Gym. Wait. Which brings to mind. Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm saying wait, but I, that's only so that my brain can catch up with everything you just said. Book I don't have store. anything to follow up with. Yes. No, I don't. It's only going to get better. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Go on. So can I ask when this church was built? Yes, the church started in the 80s. Okay, uh, it didn't become a mega church until the late 90s. Got it. Um, so, as my mother loves to 
<coughs> to Muse. You know, it was just a small community church of 10,000 people. 10,000. And it grew and grew yeah. overnight, which it really it really took a decade. But um, at the the crux, I, I think at the at the helm of this yes. thing was um, the Southeast Christian Church Worship Band, okay. and the worship band was a Christian pop band. Yes, of a worship leader. Of course, it was a, a white man named oh. Greg Allen at the time. Greg, Greg Allen, nice, uh, <clears throat> very tall, very handsome. Uh, very double-breasted suits. Good. Had all the leadership qualities. Those all are the, the three leadership, leadership qualities. qualities. Yeah. Yeah. He could have, like, you know, been the manager at a Bloomingdale's yeah. or been the leader. And probably yeah. was. And Greg was the leader of the band? He was the worship leader, which meant that he stood in front of everyone and the band stood behind him. Yes. So my parents were both in the band. Good. And my brother and I would make frequent appearances when they needed um, the distraction of a child. And Got now it. this band is like the band that sing performs for the 30,000 people. Correct. And how big is the band? Yes. Uh, it would range anywhere from, so it was electric drums, which is my favorite part. I don't know if you've ever seen an electric drum kit. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's like that rock band game. It's a bunch right? of Frisbees. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's literally a bunch rubber of Frisbees. It's a bunch of rubber Frisbees <laughs> and a guy with a mullet. Yes. Like, probably named Jerry. Right. Always Jerry. Who yeah. can't play the real drums, but can play the <laughs> yeah. rubber drums. Who, like, doesn't really give a shit about the religious aspect, but it's like, hey, man, I haven't gigged in forever. <laughs> I'm here to wail. Sure. If, if I need to wail for the Lord, I'm wailing sure. for the Lord on Sunday. Sick fills. Sure. Sick fills for Jesus. <laughs> Sick so... <laughs> fills for Jesus, Jen. Yeah. And a lot, of these, a lot of these cats were former, you know, studio musicians. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, Looking course, for a place to play. Yeah. And so it was who have really never, bizarre. I'm sorry, who have, oh, sorry to interrupt, but no. who have never played for 30,000 before. I'm sure. Unless you're Bon lifetime. Jovi. I'm sure. <laughs> Jones Beach holds 18. <laughs> so 30,000. You know, Ryan, my brother's name is Ryan, and Ryan and I would um, – We'd sing in it. We would also like do skits and stuff. So yeah. it was kind of like a it was like a circus. Yeah, like a variety show. Um, it was thing. like a yeah, it was a vaudevillian sort of. Scenario. Is it a family band thing where there's like hundreds of people within it and anyone can join and like if they hold a tambourine? There was like six singers and then four main players. Todd Barton was the pianist. Um, he uh, Todd Barton looked a little bit like John C. Riley, okay, but like really believed in his sexual appeal. Oh, which I think is my favorite kind of person. Confident sure. John C. Yeah, irrationally confident, confident John C. Riley. Yeah, 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 and uh, just like. You know, maybe five four former gymnast. Yeah, receding hairline with like tight curls. Do oh, you, John C? Yeah, and he just former uh, gymnast is my favorite. Detail. And he wailed. He wailed on those ivories. <laughs> so there was ten people or so in the band. Yeah, there was a revolving door, uh, a revolving door of players. But my mm -hmm. parents were two of the mainstays. Okay, Got it. Um, and they played instruments. My and sang. My mom played piano. My Lovely. mom played keys. Um, my dad uh, is a. Accomplished trombonist, if nice. you must know, but we wasn't must. allowed to play because it wasn't cool enough. Um, <laughs> but my dad was also a cop and like sort of a stern mouth crew cut huh. man, a few words, loved the Andy Griffith show and like drank buttermilk for breakfast. Sure. Okay. Really buttermilk. Um, like not trying to throw up for YouTube just because he wanted <laughs> to drink it. Yeah. Uh, makes my bones feel good. Yeah. Um, so he probably enjoyed it the least of anyone. Everyone else was like a lo like former beauty pageant mm. queen or local musical Looking for theater a spotlight. celebrity. Right. You know? Looking and my for a dad little was shine. just like, I don't know, I guess I'll just keep doing it. Right. Um, so, But that has to be, I know like I went to church until I was in my early teens and the music was the one thing that like I could always say, regardless of what we're talking about, the music will always take me like to another place. Like I can always accept the music for what it is. It's the best. And we, this is we, something that we were saying last week on the Santa Claus episode <laughs> is that neither of us are particularly religious, but we understand that like we have 
fortunately or not, the capital C church to thank for much of the art that we revere these days, hundreds of years later, and especially music and, and the fine arts and things like that. But sure. yeah, it's the music that is still, that does really leave an impact, I feel like. <laughs> also, uh, one of the greatest points of derision between Protestant and Catholic Christianity, because there are so many Protestant sects that don't allow uh, music or certain types of music or women to participate mm. or drums. That's like an apostolic Pentecostal thing. No drums. What about Frisbees? Uh, Frisbees, totally, totally chill. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> they put an asterisk in 2014. Yeah. Frisbees. Rubber drums are fine. <laughs> but the 90s, I think, is really – the early 90s is really when this sort of brand of pop culture yes. Christianity – started to boom and it was why why i then? think it was baby boomers that were trying to flee the strictures of the christian church that they'd grown up in in the 60s and all of a sudden they were like okay well if we can have our cake and eat it too then we could still impose the same guilt and control yes. and uh social structure of church yeah right. and <laughs> obligation of church but we can lure people. Fresh coat of paint. We also fresh like the Grateful Dead. We Single also barn, know Jerry fresh Garcia. Coat of paint. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't want to have to leave church to go see the Cowboys. Why don't you watch the Cowboys game From after church. church in the same building? We're building a community. Hundred percent. Exactly. Money, 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 money. Yes, I get it. It yeah. is so interesting that you say the baby boomer thing because I guess that is kind of I, I don't know. I see some truth in that. It's like the Venn diagram of people who are followers of Christ and believers of the Word and who love Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Sure. It's like those Venn diagrams. Over and Grey's Anatomy. And Grey's Anatomy. Let's hang out from 10 to 4 every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense here. Why not? Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be our first act break, guys. Great. Um, Jen, we haven't – we've talked uh, at the beginning stages of Christian Rock and, yes. and your family's participation within it. Um, there's some songs that maybe you would like to play for us? From your family I'd fan, love to perhaps? share some music. Yeah. yeah so could you tell us one that uh, is particularly special that we can play in the act break? 100%. It's mostly special to me because I sing on it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> My mother recorded an album called My Source. Uh, this, of course, is said with love. I respect the woman greatly. She's a beautiful musician. Yeah. And uh, my, my father and I... sings in the church as well, professionally. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I remember that about your dad. We should yeah. get him together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this uh, the album is called My Source. This was recorded at a studio in rural Kentucky called Melody Hill Recording Studio. Yeah. The song we will be uh, listening to this afternoon, morning or evening, is called Seek Ye First. Seek Ye First. Seek Ye First. All right. This is Jen Tullock singing Seek Ye First. We'll be right back with the No Joke Podcast. Come on. 
That was Seek Ye First. Uh, is there, can you, what is the, what is the message of that song, if it had one? It is about ye. Okay. Um, and uh, ye's, ye's need to, to seek, sorry, uh, thou, thou's need to seek ye first. Here's the thing. We didn't actually use the King James uh, vernacular okay. at the church because, again, we were talking before about uh, pop culture Christianity. Yes. And one of the cool shifts uh, that I think happened was people wanted to make scripture more accessible. So they went from that the these and thou's and smites and smittens. Yes. Um, to what we call the New International Version Bible, okay. which is the most prominently used uh, in, even, in the evangelical world now. Yes. And it reads uh, a touch less like a scriptural text and more like an episode of Melrose Place. Okay. okay. Very, uh, yeah, very conversational. Oh. You know, I would call CQ first if I was trying to give it like a fresh coat of paint. I'd probably call it like a uh, baby get yours. <laughs> that would... Yeah. <laughs> but baby, baby but get, baby get yours. yours. Baby get yours. <laughs> From the big J first. Yeah. yeah. Always. Always put a parenthetical yeah. from the big J. That, yeah. the, from the big J is always Roll up assumed. with the J before you roll up with the yay. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So many of the religious songs that you were singing as a member of the worship band, you're saying had sort of colloquial language. It wasn't the smites and the thous and the yees Correct. as much. Seeky First was one of the only songs. Yeah. Um, that had a ye. A red herring, if you will, yeah. in the, uh, the Christian pop Mm-hmm. Canon. At this church was there, and again, this is the No Joke Podcast, second act. We're talking about Christian rock. Um, is In the church, were you writing originals? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, so this is where well, it gets an original so this is Yeah, so this is where it gets interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's but like, it's not just hymns from the Bible. Yeah. Right. I mean, not only are you putting flair on music, you're writing it. So yeah. who's writing the music, and how does that work? Yes. In the church, and does it need to be approved mm-hmm. by the church? It seems like such a huge infrastructure. Uh, great point. Yeah. Great point, Bill. My the way it worked at the church I grew up uh, within was there were a lot of solo artists, very competitive. Yeah, I believe that. I believe. And they would have to thirty thousand. Yeah, thirty thousand people. They would have to have the songs approved. My mom mostly didn't perform the originals at church. They were mostly all uh, Christian worship songs Mm -hmm. uh, with a a couple of standard hymns covered in. Um, But she would do concerts and tour with that record cool um, amazing and i love sure. imagining an american idol type situation happening within the church yeah, to the try church? and be seen and heard within the church not just the originals but uh the church every year put on a broadway level oh, easter recreation story called the easter pageant yes uh-huh. the easter pageant uh was for most of my tenure and the cast Starring a uh, former bodybuilder with a mullet named Travis Nay. That was not Jesus. Yeah, it was Jesus. Because is Jesus shirtless on the altar? Uh, Jesus is shirtless on the cross. And let me tell you, there wasn't... uh, So he's ripped? There really wasn't a mammal in sight, regardless of gender. Because let me tell you, there were quite a few gentlemen loving gentlemen in that congregation. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) Who weren't happy, who weren't uh, weren't mad that a giant... Beautiful Jesus was on the cross. Like, well, you know, I just don't know why they would cast anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done so much. You know, he played um, what's his name, Tevia, in the Fiddler um, thing in uh, Southern Indiana. It was sure. a professional theater. Sure. That is the lead character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I had uh, there was a a man in my life who was a medical professional that yes. I grew up with. Yes. I will not name names. Okay. Um, and he uh, was was married with children, but mm-hmm. was himself um, a raging queen, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he wrote uh, 
biblical themed sort of Broadway scale musicals. One was called. I'm so into this guy. Oh, he was phenomenal. Uh, also believed that the South truly won the Civil War. So it was yeah. a strange uh, yeah, sort of yeah, 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 selective kind of there. delusion meets Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, three days of the week. More of an Andrew Lloyd Webber sort of Weber, fellow. But Weber, I'm with yeah. You. <laughs> anyway, the Easter pageant. Um, we were talking about the things being competitive. Yes, right, of course. In the in the Christian pop music world, the American idolatry. There's one. Uh, there's three major solos in this. Okay, because yes. it's a biblical show. Yep. Uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> meaning that they did it the same every year. Yeah. Um, for the other four theater nerds, and there's uh, one of the solos was a child who sings a song called "Watch the Lamb." The child is watching Jesus being tortured and slaughtered on the cross. Aww. My brother uh, had the solo. I'm proud to say, Sweet. four years in a row. Sweet. Um, yeah. And uh, the other huge solo is the young uh, Mary, yes, mother of Jesus, yes. in the family way, uh-huh. riding a donkey through the congregation. Not a real singing, donkey. Not a real donkey. A real donkey. Oh, what? Yeah. A real camels on stage? You had, what are you had you animals in the budget. Donkeys. Animals. My church recycled <laughs> candles on Christmas. You knew donkeys? they were like last year's candles that didn't burn to the bottom. Where do the donkeys live on the off months? <laughs> they live on a farm. Jeez. Uh, the camels were uh, shipped in. Right. Uh, so the young, in impregnated Mary is riding the camel and singing the Amy Grant classic, Breath of Heaven, Mm. which would leave people, if I may, breathless every year. It was a real showstopper. Yeah. And uh, it was... I saw friendships ruined over who who, got who that was song. cast who got as that the role. Well, you think like high yeah. school musical and stuff like that, not the movie, the real thing. It's yeah. like a, a big high school might have 2,000 people right. within it. And within that, you know, you imagine that maybe like a quarter of those people, and that's a lot, want the like lead yes. role or to be in the play. Yes. Now we're talking about a group of 30,000 30, people 000. in which probably all 30,000 <laughs> want a piece of the pie. In some way, want to be a, like a, a showstopper. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if Easter, it's not just when the Christ was re-risen or whatever no, no, the phrase no, no. is. It's Honestly, about booking the role. Booking, book no, it's the about job. the show, baby. The it's show. about the show. <laughs> the auditions alone for the Easter pageant, there would be, there was two directors, a director and assistant director, and they were both, I think one was like a professional banker and one like worked at a Shilato's, which was. Uh, what is that? It was a southern. Um, this isn't a full time job. Store. I would think that anybody who was associated yeah. with this thirty thousand person involved. infrastructure. <laughs> so these two women would come out, um, and it would be like maybe I'm going to say four hundred people out in the house ready to audition, and she'd come out with you know a god mic, and it would just be like, yeah. <clears throat> okay, everyone who is here to audition for the wise man, please step to the left side of the sanctuary. Oh, everyone, baby. no. Jonathan, you, I told you you're too old to play wise man. People did not live beyond 40 in Bible days. Bible days. Now, everyone, quick, quiet down, please. Everyone who's here to audition for the child who's watching Jesus be crucified. Please go to the right side near the baptismal. Thank and this you is very on a, much. And Jen mentioned this. This is on a God mic. So this woman's probably 500 feet away from these children. Oh, of course. The, 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 Huge oh, of stadium. Course. Yeah. The scale. That, that's why I'm impressed that uh, the band that you loosely performed in at the church was only 10 or so people because the scale of the church seems huge when you say that like the tv screens were jumbotrons it seems like the scale was huge like even yeah. the polyphonic spree had 45 people well there were choirs well let us let us not get ahead of ourselves here. this there is a distinction choirs. that i think we need to make yes. so the band was on the main level it was a raked stage okay um with a choir loft in the back got it the band would stand center stage obviously like the and orchestra then, at a yes, musical kind yeah, of correct okay and then and the choir loft, there were, there was, pardon me, there were, I think, 
upwards of five choirs. There was a handbell choir. There we go. There this was, is what I'm talking like about. Like three oh. different children's choirs. There was my favorite. It was an all men's choir who wore tuxedos with red bow ties. Wait, and wait, their wait. Their name <laughs> was the Master's Men. God almighty. Master's <laughs> Men. The Master's Men. The master's wait, why did they men? wear tuxes to church? <laughs> Why did they wear tuxes to church, well, Because Jen? they were the Masters men. No, no, no. That's not enough for <laughs> but, me. And they were all, all those groups. Well, clearly, were on... you've never heard the Masters. Men. <laughs> but all of those clearly. choirs and the band were all on stage all the time, the whole time. No, together. They were. Oh, okay. it, it was different Sundays would Got feature it. different. Got different it. Groups. Understood. I was going to say, are all five parties working in harmony to all come together for this giant crescendo of the Masters men, the five children's choirs, the two bands, the handbells, the handbells. The Masters men was directed by uh, a woman. Who uh, remains The Masters Men is run by a woman. Very yeah, nice. The Masters Men is run by a woman who looks like Ted Danson. Does she wear a tuxedo? Um, she doesn't. She wore, wears a, a skirt suit. And skirt. she is a very efficient woman. Yeah. Who has lived alone since she was in her 20s. Unlike Ted Danson. <laughs> she has been 45 years old since Clinton was in office. <laughs> right. She has not aged. I believe she sleeps on a Tupperware. What type of big, splashy event on the Christian calendar uh, brings in the Masters Men? And do people far and wide say, hey, the Masters Men are performing tonight. We got to get down to the Super Church. Good question. A valid question, Bill. Good question. Mostly holidays uh, and patriotic events. Patriotic yeah. July 4th, which happens to be my birthday, which is a real bust, if I may. So you were getting Master's Men every day on your birthday for your first birthday. I was getting Master's Men. I was getting Mastered Men every birthday. (laughs) Wow. There are so many little details within the structure of the the church system that you went to. So you, Jen, individually were writing original songs. You, Jen? I started doing that. Well, I was in then the teen version of the worship band. We had a a separate building. It was a separate annex for the teens. And I was in that, and I played uh, the tambourine and also sang BGVs, as we say in the biz, background vocals. BGVs. BGVs. How big was uh, the group that you were singing with? So the, the, teens. the teen band was yep. even cooler. The teen band felt well, actually like you were at a Creed concert. Okay. It was like smoke and lights. Stop. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had a sound person assigned to me for each season. But you just did BGV. So serious. You had a sound, you had your own dedicated sound person, even though you just did BGV. I had I had an uh, well, I also was a soloist. Oh, okay. Hey, she's okay. being humble. I'm just a person. Humble. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just a person. Um. I had a. We all had like little individually made ear monitors okay. that would go inside of your ear, like a wax, you know, wax and it was just a the really production real value world. is through the roof. It what? seems out of control. And what? yet you had homeless lining the streets, right. on your way to this, you know, to this over uh, over Broadway musical. Um, why yeah. smoke? What what would uh, what would require? When, when would smoke emerge? You say there's smoke and smoke and mirrors. It's I mean, not. Can I take a guess? Yeah. To set sort of a Christy mood. Totally. Is it just? It's just mood smoke. When like Jesus a... would roll out back in the day, whenever Jesus was walking around, I'm not a historian. <laughs> totally. Would there? Would he generally be followed by smoke like Pigpen from the Peanuts? Can we I confirm? Is, is, is he, is he smoke? Can we confirm it? Yeah. I think it's more effective if the smoke precedes. Precedes. Oh, because smoke, then it creates a sort of what's, what's coming? What's happen. coming? What is it? Yeah. Is it the smoke monster from Lost? No, it's the Christ. Oh, it's the Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just didn't <laughs> know that. There you go. So that's why your church used the yeah the smoke. The smoke machines. What? So were, you were raised in the Catholic Church? I was raised in the Catholic Church until maybe like eight or nine. I have an older sister, and my parents, I guess, uh, realized that my sister, if she wanted to become a pastor or a priest, couldn't in the Catholic Church. Mm. She never showed necessarily interest in it but enough that they wanted her to have the option that's cool and so we went Lutheran so I was nice love the Lutherans so chill Yeah. yeah it was a pretty good group Pretty solid group. What, so what is the delineation between Lutheran and I'm asking earnestly out of ignorance? And evangelicals? Well, yeah, for instance. Yeah. Way more progressive. They're not biblical literalists. Yes. No, no confession. 
Um, please, I, I don't have a list. It sounds yeah. like you were going to go on a list. All I know is that we didn't go to confession. Lutheran and United Church, United Church of Christ are the closest to uh, the Catholic Orthodoxy. Okay. But are still considered Protestant sects. Okay. Um, they uh, So there's Methodists, United Church of Christ, yep. Lutheran, uh, uh, Presbyterian. And it's all just so such bizarre semantics, like right. the, the lines between them. Right. Mm-hmm. No flat screens in my church. No, I'm <laughs> no sorry. Jumbotrons? We Regular trons? We would have a coffee hour. Sometimes we would have a coffee hour where after church you can get a piece of coffee cake and a cup of coffee. And it seemed like that's why everyone that's, was there. That was so there. reasonable. Yeah, that so, seems reasonable. It was perfectly reasonable. You having your own sound technician and <laughs> yeah. donkeys. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and meet afterwards in the youth annex oh, for Papa John's pizza and two liters. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's good. We'll call that. The youth edit. That'll be be the act break for this act, too. I had coffee cake. You had sound designers and two leaders. Um, Jen, is there a song that you would like to play in the second act break? Oh, gosh, is there? So my parents recorded a song as a duet. Mm. uh, And it was a duet about marriage, about the sanctity of marriage, about the uh, longevity of marriage. And they sang it together on my mother's record. And the song is simply titled, First Jesus, Then You. (laughs) First Jesus, Then You. We'll be right back.
That was the song First Jesus, Then You by Jen's lovely parents. Doug and Mary Gay. Doug and Mary Gay. And Mary Gay. Is uh, your mom's album online for purchase? It's not, which is a real shame. I think, uh, and again, I'm saying this sincerely, like I I love them dearly and and, um, have skewered and satirized them into extinction. And they've been very kind and patient uh, in allowing me to do that. (laughs) But uh, they, I I don't think so. She recorded that, the one that we've heard a couple hits from she recorded that back in like 1987 wow. okay and it was just i think there's like stacks of mildewed cds in a basement yep, somewhere yep yep um but my brother told me recently that he had digitized a couple of oh, did songs yeah. which is how we are able to listen to them today perfect very good <laughs> um now so the 90s we kind of hit on how that was i feel like amy grant from the little i know about christian rock was sort of the first attempt attempt was the first sort of main christian rock pop artist who eked into the mainstream why her do you think in your professional Christian rock opinion, what was it about Amy Grant and the very early 90s that made her made it possible for her to achieve radio play and mainstream success? I think she was – and I'm, f- I'm framing this as a feminist, so ex- mm-hmm. excuse me if it seems radical, but I think it's because she was a babe. Mm. Okay. She w- <laughs> um, Go on. How so? I, How does that she help? She was babely. She was babely. She was a star. Like mm-hmm. she, she was such a cool performer and songwriter and also wasn't ever um, – I think a super – she was like a cool Christian artist. Yeah. Okay. She was like – she was super hip and she worked with other cool artists, right. secular artists. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, sure, yep. sure. Cool and so I don't think the crossover was a huge leap for her. However, it did create uh, some ripples in my community. How so? I remember being – I guess I was about eight when that that album came out. Yep. I'm 21 now. So remind, me the name, <laughs> remind me of the name of the album. Baby Baby – no, uh, Hope uh, – what is it called? Was she always a Christian artist? Yes. She was, yeah. I'm finding this out now. Yeah, yeah. She was sang, Baby Baby about um, the Jesus? She sang a song called, um, a couple of her hits, Christian hits were, um, 
Jehovah, I love you so, but she should have seen that one. Jehovah, I love you so. How the hell did I not (laughs) see Jehovah, I love you so? How did I not know? Because you were eating coffee cake. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Amy Grant wasn't quite in our purview. So I, I remember I was in the on the laundry room. Um, not sure why, hiding from someone probably. Yep. And uh, my mom was on the phone, the rotary phone. Yeah. It was a yellow, like a mustard yellow rotary phone, and she had the cord wrapped. All our parents had that phone. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to someone, and I remember she was like clutching a laundry basket to her side, and she's like. You know, I really think I saw the video for Baby Baby. Mm-hmm. No, it did cross a line. How am I supposed to tell my children that the same woman who is singing to them about the Lord right. is singing about a man yeah. who is not her husband? Yeah. Oh. And I remember trying to sincerely like help her with the narrative, and I was like, yeah. I don't. I think the video's um like fiction. Yeah. Right. I don't. I think it's just an actor. It's sim- symbolism more than... Playing boyfriend. Yeah. And like all of our songs about Santa are about another man. Yeah. He's not my husband. <laughs> I'm just singing real. about a man. Yeah. <laughs> just... God, mom. this country is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're like, you know, no, mom, it's pretend. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. that didn't go over well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'd like to hear? Because I, I don't know much about Christian rock, which is why I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. I always associate anything vaguely associated with Christianity as being economically viable. Mm. That there's a market for any, like, 100%. a Christian toaster. Like, whatever. Sure. It's like, I just feel like there's a market for it. Sure. So I'd love to hear some failed Christian bands. Because mm. in my mind, as long as you write some Christian music, there will be an audience Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. I've been privy to several uh, several <laughs> Christian rock outfits that didn't quite get off the ground. <laughs> really? What was it? And what, what did they do wrong? Or what would you say? Well, how would you correct them? Well, I think like any um, consumerist, capitalistic industry – um, you just have to have the right connections. Okay. I don't really think that like the people that succeed in Christian pop music are have succeeded due to their you know egregious. It's a business. Righteousness. You're That's so a right. Business. One of, of them's probably a babe. Yeah, one of them's probably a babe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, of course. It's just another form of the entertainment industry. Sure. Yeah. I've also seen several Christian, Christian rock or Christian pop artists that similar, I think, to my dad. Similarly to my dad, they didn't really give a shit about it. Right. They were just like, all right, uh, first get my film to go to college. I mm-hmm. uh, don't really have any marketable skills. I can sing. I kind of have a six pack. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. And yeah. There, was a, there was a Christian pop singer actually for a while in the late 90s, early aughts named uh, Jackie Velasquez. Okay. And uh, talk about a babe. She was also super smart and talented. And I remember we saw her at the Kentucky State Fair. Yes. And my parents were, uh, the worship band was opening for her. Ooh. And uh, it was a very big deal that we got to rub elbows with her in the green room. Yeah, I bet it was. And she was babely. And she had on one of these sort of like 90s Delia's catalog, like tie midriff tops. Okay. Um, And in the concert, her hair was back in sort of a tight pony. And in, a particularly spirited moment, um, like during a percussion solo, she whipped her Ooh. ponytail out and it, and her hair fell to her shoulders. Scandal. And that was the topic of convo for weeks. Oh, yeah. You the deep ponytail of Crossing a line. <laughs> crossing a line. That her hair came down? Yeah, she was crossing a line. <laughs> her hair she came literally down. let her hair down and yeah, people weren't yeah. happy about it. No. No, that ponytail was pulled back for Jesus. It's pulled back tight for Jesus. Uh, it's the third act of the No Joke Podcast. In this act, we like to talk about potentially what the future of our topic is. Yes. Is there any sort of EDM, electric dance music, Christian Christian DJs out there? Christian, there must be. There must be, right? Happening there, right now. There, there must it be, right? It has to be, right? Yep. Yeah. There's mostly in churches. This, this is, is what I wanted mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – DJ booths? Yeah. 
there is a church that was our sister church that's in Australia, and they uh, are sort of like they're sort of like the Banana Republic, and we were the Old Navy. Got it. Like Upscale. more accessible and probably a bigger demographic, <laughs> but like their shit was like a little bit cooler. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they. Uh, they definitely have like an electronic outfit. They have like young, cool. It's yeah. right because yeah. it seems like the the idea of like collecting this many people is to say what is the most popular thing that we can just like bring in to the Lord sure. or to, to this culture, to this community. Yeah. So if EDM Fertile music, audience. like why not make it a rave? Why not? Yeah, People, the kids like raves. They all seem to be going to raves. Let's turn ours. Well, you're into encouraging one. these kids to have a hysterical experience, right? Uh, I mean, hysteria. you're encouraging. You're not really participating if your hands aren't in the air and you're not sweating and and spiritual ecstasy. Fascinating. Yeah. So that's that kind of the weird so thing. So much sense. And the reason I think that like listening to songs. For my parents' record, for example, they seem sort of like cheesy and funny now isn't because they're a Christian. It's because they were made in the mid-90s. Right. You listen to a Christian pop album now and it sounds more like Maroon 5. Yeah, of course. It sounds ecstatic and, top and pop. Yeah. It sounds pop. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. We talk about how Chance the Rapper, who's one of our favorite rappers, is says your favorite rapper is a Christian rapper. It's like I feel like in the hip-hop community, there's a huge, obviously, religious Christian contingency. Right. right. Of course. Right. right. And it's like, are there Christian rappers then? Is he is Chance a Christian rapper? He's a rapper who's a Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's not a Christian rapper. Right. A Christian what rapper would... would be Christ first? Yeah, in the 90s. That's what it stood for. <laughs> and this is a rap outfit? This is a rap outfit, Christian rap outfit. They rapped only... Exclusively about the Lord. Yes. Jesus. I'm going to download this album. Here's a fun uh, little follow-up story for you. A little adage. Uh, was two um, sort of like beastie boys knock off skinny white boys. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like, why are the white boys rapping? Right. Um, one of them's good. Yeah. One, yeah. Of, the other one, one's one of them actually sounds like he knows what he's doing. Right. He's also just talented. Right. Um, and... They, my brother and I loved them growing up. I mean, they were it. We had all their posters. We yeah. saw their concerts. Um, so they had style. Yeah, they, they were style. cool. Yeah. So they fall off, right? Yeah. And into obscurity. My uh, my brother is at a bar one night in Nashville. Yes. And one of the young men, we will not say which, one of the young men uh, approached him uh, with two offers. One was of a romantic nature and one was of a substance nature. My brother's texting me like, I don't know, man. Like this dude's hitting on me in the bathroom. He's offering me some stuff. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, wait a minute. Are you – we'll call his yeah. name. We'll call him Joe. He's like, are you Joe? Oh, Joe's nervous he's like, now. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother was like, that's awesome, man. <laughs> nice. Let's hang out. Probably not going to sleep with you, bro, but like, it's totally but I'm cool. Now, now we're partying. Yeah, yeah, now we're partying. I love it. So my brother got down with this dude and texted me like, you're going to lose your shit. You don't know who I'm partying yep. with. Oh, amazing. That is just a real silver lining of Christian Yeah, rock. that's really good. Yes. No doubt about yes. it. Yes. Okay, good. I think that maybe, just maybe, we should consider turning this into a Christian podcast I... for a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, I was told that's what it was. Oh, oh, yes. I, I was saying, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that yeah, out. We'll figure that out. Adam, it's yeah. fine that you're a chosen people <laughs> chosen. because you will be given a second chance after the rapture. Thank you, Jen. Yes. <laughs> so we'll check <laughs> in with Jen, Adam after the rapture. Yes, post-rapture podcast. Can't wait for that. Um, that was the No Joke Podcast. Yes. What up? I feel like we could talk about this with you for hours and days and months. <laughs> I, thank you for talking <laughs> to me about crap. it. Holy crap. Jen yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out <laughs> for 45 minutes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> for the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And as always, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.